Morning Liberty. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Nate with Good Morning Liberty. Once again, Charlie is not here today, and he's not even on the phone. So you're just getting me. Now, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. If you like this episode, we found that there is a 98% chance that you will like the next episode so far. So today I was going to talk about this study I saw on Bloomberg. And what this study found was that the highest job satisfactory rating is actually among firefighters. And I thought that that was a pretty cool thing. And they mentioned it too at the beginning that you would think in our heavily capitalistic society that maybe people who were making the most money would be the most happy, right? You, you, you sure would be left to believe that. But in fact, it's not the case. The average salary for a firefighter is $50,000 a year. And that is actually, I mean, that does not put you in the 1%. We'll just say it that way. But the cool thing is, is that they still scored the highest in job satisfaction. And also among them, what I thought was pretty cool, were pediatricians and guidance counselors. So what this would show me is that even though a lot of the a lot of our society has uh, has puts a lot of weight on making the most amount of money possible. People who are actually making kind of, you know, middle of the road salaries are scoring in the highest satisfaction. And why is that? What do we notice about those jobs? Well, those are people who are helping people, you know, it's people helping people. It's positive stuff. So who were among the lowest satisfactory ratings? Well, those would actually be male clerks and sorters, uh, court or municipal clerks, and people who work for the government here, and it's uh, not, not a big surprise. People who clean houses, so house cleaners and maids, insurance claims and policy clerks, and telemarketers. Those were actually scoring in the, the lowest amount of satisfaction. So... The one thing that's pretty cool is that among all the people who have the highest satisfaction, there's really only, you know, one more high-paying job, which is a pediatrician. So what do we see there? I think we see that if you have more meaning in your job, that that could actually be the best focus for you. Now, I don't mean that you shouldn't look for something that's going to pay a lot of money because a lot of times struggling financially can uh, can damage your life uh, regardless of the job that you're doing but since it's it's Wednesday it's hump day and if you work if you work in an office you do the same job kind of every day I thought it would be a good day to kind of talk about this because there's a couple ways you could look at your current situation if you don't like your job so number one if you don't think you're ever going to be happy doing the job that you're doing if you truly do not like what you do every day, which is going to be about the bulk of your time throughout your entire one life that you have is could potentially be spent doing this thing. So I, I really think that people need to consider whether or not they're ever going to be happy doing this. 
And if that answer is a resounding no, then why are you doing the job? You know, there's something in, there's something in economics called a, a sunk cost. And this is uh, once someone has put enough money and resources and time into uh, a project, into a new idea, uh, they tend to want to see that through because they've already put that amount of money in, right? So you want to try and finish it. Well, so what's, what that's called is a, is a sunk cost. You actually, you're never going to get back the money that you put into that thing. And, and the reason I'm linking this to your job is that if you've been doing this job for a while and you're like, well, I've already got this many years at the company and you know, I, I really just don't want to throw that away. So I think the best thing to do is just for me to stay, you know, it's too risky to go somewhere else. And plus that means I would have wasted all that time. Well, the time's gone regardless, just like the money, if you're throwing money into a project and the project is never going to work. Um, the time's gone either way you look at it. All you can actually worry about is the future. And you always have to look at where, where where's you five years from now, 10 years from now, what do you want you to be doing? And then say you make a big shakeup and you go into an entirely different career field, maybe something that doesn't even involve your degree, something like that. If, if that works out, can you go to your five years from now self or your 10 years from now self? Would they say, I'm glad I did that? Or would they be saying, I can't believe I threw away all that time? And I'm not saying that the answer is just cut and dry, black and white, the same for everyone. Uh, everyone's going to have a different option on that. But you could ask yourself that question about your job. Is there something else you can go do? Don't worry about the time you've already put into it. Okay, because that time's gone. All you have left is the future. And you need to work towards making that the, the best thing that you can. So that's number one way you could look at your job. The other way I would say is that you need to really consider is your job important? And the actual answer is, uh, as long as you're working in a free market system where the money that's changing hands inside of the business, going to the business and is getting paid out to all the positions where that money was given freely because of the value that was created, well then, yes, your job is important. You know, we can... When we look at capitalism, I think it it's obviously getting painted in a negative light these days in our society. I think that's a really bad thing because, you know, what we what we have right now in our country is not free market capitalism in many markets. Maybe some markets, it's still free market capitalism. But in most industries, we're, we're not in the free market anymore. So when we're looking at capitalism, I always have to ask, like, what is that? Well, well, that is just one person trading value with another person. That's really all it is. It's just a form of free trade. And we use money to represent that uh, for, for all sorts of reasons, one of them being that 
it's a it's a heck of a lot easier to get money in return for your uh, corn that you grew rather than just taking your corn to the uh, to the doctor and saying, hey, do you need this this corn? Well, what happens when the doctor doesn't need the corn anymore? Then you can't get any more services. So it's it's better just to exchange that for money because money is a representation of the value of what you created as long as you're in a free market system. So we can use this kind of old example of you go into Starbucks and you give them $5 for a cup of coffee. And you have to ask yourself what that means. What that means is that you value the coffee more than you valued the $5. And then on the flip side of that, you have to ask yourself what it means for Starbucks. Well, what they're saying is they value your $5 more than they valued the coffee that they gave you. So at the end of a transaction in a free market, both parties say thank you because they both have received something that they deemed more valuable than what they started with. So going back to your going back to your job, you have to look at what it is that your company does. I don't know if it's uh, if you work at a at, if you work at a restaurant, if you work at a big hospital corporation, uh, if you if you work at a tech company. Um, what you have to ask yourself is, are is the money that's coming into that business being being freely given? First off, are people receiving more value than what they gave you in money, or they wouldn't have given you the money in the first place? Well, if the answer is yes, then all the money that goes down through the business, I spent all that time trying to get to this yes answer right there. If it was a product of value creation that was freely given to the company, then every job inside of that company matters. And even if you do something like you're working in IT and you're debugging software, well, that's really important because the business that you're working for, whatever it is that they do, as long as they're receiving the money voluntarily, would not be able to do as good of a job for their clients if it wasn't for what you're doing. I think this is something that corporations really need to do a better job at. I've actually thought it, thought about trying to come up with a way to help corporations teach their employees or I guess present to their employees the value that whatever it is they're doing every day has. Because I think there's a lot of people that are sitting at a desk doing accounting or doing data entry or claims processing, and they don't really realize that what they're doing is part of of helping people every single day. So if you look at the firefighter and you say, well, that person, well, yeah, they have a high job satisfaction because they're they're helping people all the time and they get paid money to do it. Um, no one hates firefighters. You don't see like a, a lot of terrible videos about some kind of controversial thing a firefighter did really. So they're they're helping people, they're, they're risking their lives, and, and they feel a high amount of satisfaction doing that. And not that what you're doing is like what a firefighter does, because you're probably not risking your life to be there. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be, if you, if you don't think you are anyway. Um, you're still helping people at the end of the day. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to get across. And, and even if you seem like the job, the task that you're doing is just some kind of remedial labor that 
maybe anyone could do, or you just hate, you're just doing the same thing all day. You have to remember that as long as that company is freely choosing to pay you that amount of money to do that job, and the company received that money freely from the people who were purchasing their product or service, then what you're doing really is helping people all the time. So that's the second way of looking looking at your job that uh, that I have is, you know, maybe you're just not looking at it properly. Maybe your company isn't doing a good enough job explaining to you how valuable you are and not just to the company, but how in our system, in our capitalist free market system, how if you're valuable to the company, that means that you're valuable to the people around you that that company is serving. Because in our system, as long as it's a free market, you only receive money if the people deemed what you provided to be more valuable than the money that they gave you. So why look at it as a bad thing that you're helping your company make more money? You know, what Charlie and I do, Charlie, the if, if this is your first day listening, Charlie is uh, the other host on this podcast, and this is the first one I've ever done by myself. Um, he and I started this venture together, and um, we're also in a healthcare IT business together where we we help healthcare companies streamline their billing process. They're, they're, we make new workflow workflow processes for them so they can make sure that they're handling all of their billing the most efficient way possible. Because what we've seen in the healthcare industry is, aside from all of the politics and and uh, and things that we can talk about with that, uh, what we've seen is that it's extremely, the billing is extremely inefficient, a high percentage of the bills are never paid. And a lot of times it's just because people didn't follow up with the payers. So we help them do that. And coding computer software, not exactly the most exhilarating, crazy, fun experience that you can have. I don't know if you've ever watched someone do that before. Um, it doesn't exactly look like, you know, if you're if you're watching the social network and you're watching him code everything like, yeah, it can maybe it can look like that sometimes. Um, maybe if you're watching the movie Swordfish with uh, Hugh Jackman, that's kind of an old one, and he's sitting there and he's got 50 screens all around them and he's just never stops typing ever. I'd say like maybe, I feel like maybe 1% of people that work in this industry uh, do do something like that. It's probably less, more than likely. <clears throat> the uh, the rest of what we do is really just making sure that we're organizing the actual workflow of what they're doing. Now, it pays a lot of money. That's the good thing about it. In, anything in IT pays a good amount of money. Um, there's currently, I, I heard from someone the other day, there was a uh, convention going on in Nashville, and I heard from someone that currently there's 150,000 IT jobs that are currently unfilled in the U.S. That is the, the current shortage. And that is why a lot of the people in this field can get paid $100 an hour or more to do what they're doing. And it's not that hard. So even though I don't really enjoy doing that, the point about this is that it, doing that job, starting that business, has allowed us to do Good Morning Liberty. And that's what we truly love doing. I really like writing 
articles on goodmorningliberty.us or bernielies.com. I really like doing this podcast. It is easier when Charlie is here to have someone to uh, talk back and forth with and not ever have to worry about any awkward silence. But, nevertheless, this is still really fun to do. So, I get to get on, I get to get on my computer and I get to go through... You know, I do. We started this BernieLies.com, which is just a, it bounces you to GoodMorningLiberty.us. But our our main mission there is to take Bernie Sanders things that Bernie Sanders has said and then just completely tear them apart because ninety ninety five percent of what he says is a uh, false statistical manipulation. You can manipulate statistics to show whatever you want them to show anytime anytime you want to. So we get to do that. I get to write articles all the time. And the only reason I get to do that is because I, you know, I put my head down and learned some software coding. I haven't even learned not even, not much at all of it yet. Charlie knows a lot more than I do. But the cool thing about this is that you can get on YouTube and look up uh, Visual Basic, which is a, a pretty big coding language. Um, you know, it, it can be a good it can be a good starting point for for a lot of things. And uh, Microsoft's entire there's a nine hour course, and they have a nine hour video just on YouTube that you can watch from beginning to end how to learn how to do that. Now, if you know how to do that, or you learn how to do SQL, something SQL, something like that, you can make 50, 60, 70 bucks an hour pretty easy at a starting position doing one of these jobs. Now, maybe that's not something you're going to like, but guess what? When you're doing that in a company, you're still creating value. Now, what we do is in the healthcare industry, and that's obviously not a free market. It is the most controlled market in the United States, the most heavily regulated market. Side note, anytime you hear someone like Bernie Sanders or someone say that the free market failed when it comes to healthcare, uh, you need to realize that we have barely even tried a free market in healthcare yet. Not since the early 1900s, and I'm talking like the 1910s or, you know, 1905, have we had a truly free market in healthcare. You've never seen one. Your parents have never seen one. Most of your grandparents have never seen one. So first off, not a free market. But what we are doing is helping make companies more efficient. And when we help make them more efficient, they can either, they can make more money and in turn can take that money and do more things with it, be more productive, or we can help them serve more people with the current resources that they have. And now while, while our job sitting there on the computer typing out some kind of code is super boring, not, not that fun at all, not that exciting, um, doing that is helping that company, which is literally helping save people's lives downstream. So you can have a job like that where it seems like you're not really helping anyone. You're helping, you know, maybe you're helping this company or maybe, you know, you don't really think you're helping anyone, but at the end of the day, you, you really are, whatever it is you're doing. Um, you know, I did, speaking of the money that you can you can make from doing these things, the good part about this is now that venture is helping 
to allowing us to run GoodMorningLiberty.us, BernieLies.com, the Good Morning Liberty podcast, all of all of these great things. And so now we get to do things that we love all the time, which is, you know, one of the biggest goals. And also it has a lot of meaning because I believe in the principles of liberty. I am a libertarian. And by liberty, I mean, I just mean that you should be free to do what you want as long as you're not hurting another person or not as, as long as you are not taking away someone else's liberty in some kind of way. So I get to write about this kind of stuff all today. I, I'm working on a, I'm, I'm working on a big article right now on the student loan debt crisis. You know, that's what I'm going to do after this. It's, it's, it's pretty fun, really. It's pretty satisfying. It's pretty satisfactory, I would say. My satisfactory score doing things for Good Morning Liberty would be, would be pretty high. You know, maybe right, right below a firefighter, I would say. So before that, you know, before that I was playing music. And that's actually what Charlie and I both left the land of taxation or land of Lincoln uh, in Illinois and came down to Nashville, Tennessee to both join different bands and, you know, pursue our dream playing music. Charlie did a lot of, you know, tons of national tours, international tours. I did the same thing. And what I knew the whole time and what I, what I kind of noticed was one thing, you don't make a lot of money playing music. Uh, it's really hard to make a living trying to sell something that people expect to get for free, just as a, as a general rule. Um, it's really hard to make a living doing that. So unless you're like at the, you know, real top, probably the top 1% of people who play music, those are the ones that, that can actually make money doing it. But anyway, I didn't care about that. I didn't care one bit. My goal playing music, my, the goal I always had, and I've heard tons of musicians say this, I just want to be able to pay my bills. That's it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, going up there, playing shows, traveling, seeing different places all the time, I mean, that has more satisfaction and meaning in it than any amount of money you could make at, at any job. So it's not always about making all the money, which we saw with this study from Bloomberg with the firefighters. So don't just place all of your basis on money, but then also realize that making a lot of money could free you up to do things that you like to do, that you enjoy doing or that you love. I'm actually, I'm coming, trying to come up with a way right now to talk to libertarians, liberty-minded people about how important it is that you focus on going and being really productive and making a really high income. Uh, because once you do that, then there's just, there's no limit to how effective you can be inside of this movement at that time. You might think that you need to, you know, live, live on your friend's floor on a sleeping bag and be keyboard warrioring all the time or going to all the LP events and all that. But you could be a lot more effective if one, you provided a lot of value to society, which people are freely giving you money. And then you could take that and put it towards something that you love doing and actually be way more effective afterwards. So when it comes to your job, make sure, make sure that you think that, 
there is a way you can be happy doing it. If not, then go towards something else because you're already not happy. You know, you, you're already spending all of your time, all of your day doing something that you absolutely hate. And you can take it from a lot of people who do really meaningful jobs, things that really, really bring them satisfaction, who they don't care what money they're making. Just like when I was playing music, just like someone who's fighting fires, you know? So don't place all the value on the money. You have to also place the value on your ability to find happiness, find, find meaning. Um, and, and if that's not in what you're doing every single day, and you don't think that you're going to be able to use that to, to maybe further something that could make you happy, then maybe it's time to start looking for something else to do. And that's, that's really scary. But, you know, the best time to do that is now because it's just going to get more and more scary every single day. You know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best, <laughs> second best time is now. And I totally butchered that saying. It's a Chinese proverb, I believe, that I saw in a meme, which means it was true for sure. That's the rule. But that's what I'm going to leave you guys with today. Um, so subscribe to the show. If you think things like this are important, if you're, if you're still here right now and you, you think that what I just said was important, if you think that what we've said on the other podcast is important, then don't be stingy with it, you know? Maybe you're not able to do this right now, or you're not able to articulate, not, not that I'm the best at it, but maybe you're not able to articulate or write down all of these things, but it doesn't mean that you, know, you can't share this with someone because you think it's, it's really important for them to hear or share one of our articles because you think it's really important for them to read. You know, what we are pushing right now, our tagline is life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. One main thing that we believe in is, is basing our arguments and our decisions in logic and rationality. The most emotion you can take out of any decision, the, you know, the better, because you're not exactly a great decision maker at that time. So we really push looking at all of these social justice problems, all of these economic inequality problems, all of these things, we, we really focus on looking at those from the most rational and logical standpoint that we can, because you can always get told some kind of sob story about why someone needs your vote or about why we need to tax someone to pay for this or why we need to put more money towards this. But the sob story is just to get you in your emotional side, because that's when you're willing to make that decision. If you really sit down and think about some of these policies, some of these proposals, you really need to look at, you know, the actual outcomes instead of just what their intentions are. And throughout history, their outcomes have not been good at, at all. You know, we, we truly believe that capitalism, free market capitalism, is one of the best things to ever happen to human beings, just meaning that human beings being allowed to create value and trade value with one another is one of the most important things to ever happen. And that is why we push that and we try to disprove socialism because that is what stops production. Socialism takes everything that we have produced right now and it divides it out and says, we never need to continue moving up. This is enough. 
2019, this is good. This is as far as the human race made it, and we're going to take everything we have and divide it out, and we're just going to sit still for a long time and hope to God we never start moving in the other direction. That's what socialism or communism does. Capitalism keeps moving up. Sometimes the people in the 1%, sometimes they move up faster. A lot of times, maybe they should be because they're the ones that are taking all the immense risk and they're the ones that are creating tons of opportunity for everyone else. Everything that I'm doing today, everything that I've mentioned, you know, was is here because someone else decided that they wanted to make a lot of money. Whether it's this microphone, this Apple computer, the software I'm using right now, uh, the Apple podcast that you're probably listening to this on down to your phone that you're probably listening on right there. All of those things were put here under capitalism. They were created by capitalism. That's why we push it so much. Even what, even what I'm able to do on a daily basis wouldn't, wouldn't be here without that. So we, we all need to keep that in mind. We need to remember that these countries on the other side of the world that we mentioned for socialism, these countries like Denmark, Sweden, all of these things, name me some of the, name me some of the inventions, name me some of the innovations that happened in those countries that you use multiple times daily on a daily basis, all the time. I'm waiting. Maybe one of them being, you know, I think the automobile was was uh, first invented over there, but it wasn't made to where the people at the bottom could afford it until a greedy capitalist like Henry Ford came along and decided that he could come up with a more efficient way to build cars so he could make them cheaper and make a lot more of them and make a whole lot more money. But all of the other inventions, whether being the computer, the internet, the cell phone, your social media companies, uh, your car, the airplane, I mean, you could go on all day talking about all these things and talk about the quality of life that maybe people have in some little country called Denmark that has about the same population of the city of New York and never think about the fact that... uh, they didn't, they didn't create anything. They didn't invent anything over there. All of their things that they're using are thanks to capitalism on the other side of the world, inventing all of those things and innovating all of those things. Where would they be if they were only able to use the things that they had created under their economic system? Probably would be, uh, probably would be looking like they were still in the 17, 1800s, I would say. So, Keep those kind of things in mind. Use those as some arguments for people. You know, a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people don't realize how small these countries are. You start talking about Denmark and Sweden and even England and all of these other countries, and they're basically the size of the United States states, not the country itself. Even when you talk about Canada, Canada's got the same population as the state of California. So comparing these other countries to uh, the United States, which has got 350 million people in it and 2,000 mile borders on the top and bottom, it's just really not a great comparison. And if you know anything about uh, scaling things in economics, it's not that easy to do. And to say that you can take a system that works for about the population of New York 
uh, in a Scandinavian country and say that, oh, we can just implement that for 350 million people across the entire United States, and it'll be the same thing, that doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't really hold water. Have you ever seen the United States government do something more efficiently than, than the private sector? Have you ever seen them take over in a market and make it cheaper? Is there something that they do right now that is actually cheaper than it was before they got into that market. I really can't name anything unless it's artificially cheaper. But anyway, guys, just a little tangent there at the end. So uh, come back to the podcast tomorrow. We'll get Charlie on here. We'll have both of us going. And uh, if you go to our Facebook, like it, our Instagram, follow us, our Twitter, follow us, do all those things, subscribe to the podcast. So do all those things and we will see you tomorrow. Until then, you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.